just cold. Pyrex, Pyrex ball, whipping up mortar. Man got Walker gripping them corners. Petrol bomb him, hit him on Bornham. One phone call, got serious whaps. Hit him with a one like serious black. Yeah, man, I get golf off gear or crack. Is that your man ink get gear on spike? North face track, he blacked out with Bally gliding. All y'all gang there hiding. Jump out the road with Tilmar Gillen. Blow up his block with Semtex. Have all of his gang there jumping fences. Hop out with Beamers, hop out with Benzes. Man's in the greenhouse cropping Sensei. Pull, pull up with the whap, make him eat that smoke. Scope and beam, yeah, beam and scope. AC's gang got your team on road. Too weak in the trap on beans and toast. Demon shit, man, seeing ghosts. Keys and coke. Pistol whip him. Jump off the bike, make the pistol hit him. Back on the thing and vanish. Into the darkness, hooded and cloaked. Now the whole road there, man, covered in smoke. Stab him in the throat, make him bubble and choke. See that nose, it's covered in coke He not coming back cause I dug that hole All blacked out when I took his soul Pull up with a whap, hit him and roast him Put, put him in the back, dump him in the ocean My gang there get the show in motion Catch your man when he getting his social bow It's the St. Patrick's Day special Oh, I hope you guys are all enjoying your St. Patrick's Day's parties At your self-quarantine bunkers and Much like Irish cultural heritage Especially among the diaspora is focused on famine and disease. It is now time for coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, my uh, wife went to the, the store this morning. And guess what they didn't have? Um, Potatoes. That's right. Oh my <laughs> god! It's happening again. The blight. Oh my god! <laughs> I had a cold chill ran on my neck. She came up and said, "There was no potatoes." There was no potatoes. <laughs> oh no! Of course not. We've got a flea again. <laughs> the potatoes have gone bad. That's it. That's the. That's it. It's over for the United States. Gonna have to immigrate back to Ireland. <laughs> you know, after the movie we watched this week, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, we'll talk about 1998 in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so everyone's got the Rona now. Everyone's scared of the Rona. It's time for self-isolation. I've been practicing for about a year already, self-isolation. So no big deal for me, just watching a lot of movies. No, not you, though. Kids still going to school. No, yeah, they're in spring break right now. We'll see if, that, if they actually end up going back. I have a feeling they might. Not, not yeah. depending on what happens. Because uh-huh. there's a lot of, you know, because there's no leadership at the federal government, it's then kind of does like piecemeal by state and local. And since our governor is, uh, is awful as well, mm-hmm. uh, it's all up to the district by district. So like some schools are closed. That should work. <laughs> I think it's going to be perfect. You know, just whatever. It's however how you feel, how you feel about it. We'll give it a shot. You know, it's up to God. <laughs> yeah, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, at least we don't have to worry about um, England this time. <laughs> well, you don't know. Their plan seems worse than ours, so maybe everyone, we do. <laughs> everyone get it. Just get it. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, uh, sir, uh, some viruses mutate and immunity may not last for very long. Everybody get it. At least they're not stealing food. <laughs> now so we know. All the food. The sun's a bit, they're probably the ones that took the potatoes. <laughs> Last time it was like um, they took all the food except for the potatoes, and then the potatoes went bad. <laughs> oh, jeez! And then the disease came in with the great so, hunger. Uh, uh, what are you gonna eat for St. Patrick's Day? Uh, cabbage and potato soup. Um, no, Bacon, I mean potato cabbage. I think a boondagas. <laughs> Real traditional Irish meal. It's with the same. It's the same sort of concept. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people don't have a lot to eat. You make a stew. There you go. That's it. Last few weeks. Bundagas, Irish stew, same sort of shit. It's, instead of soda bread, you got tortillas. <laughs> uh, one good thing about self-isolation, though, is I um, 
don't feel any personal responsibility for not doing anything. So, like I said, I've just been watching a lot of movies. So now it's time for Kiz's review of the Harley Quinn movie. Oh, you watched that? Hell yeah, I did. All right. Well, shockingly, I kind of like this movie. (laughs) I actually heard it was good. It is pretty cool. So just uh, the only problems I have with it is uh, dialogue's pretty bad. It has like that sort of lazy, broad, like sitcom type of humor. So a lot of the jokes don't land. You could have just done with it. Like, it seems uh, like this, that's, this type of humor is really pervasive in media right now. Yeah, it's the worst. I hate like, it. Like, I remember reading Transformers Robots in Disguise. Uh, and they're like, it seems like a lot of the Transformers have the same personality, and it's that. Well, humor. the biggest offender, obviously, is Marvel films, right? Everyone's just really quippy. Yeah. And it's like, hey, hey, hey you ever watched a sitcom? <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> um, aside from that, though. Uh, another big problem is fucking the sound mixing and the soundtrack itself is like the sound. It's the sound mixing. Maybe it's the version I got, but it didn't seem right during the fight scenes where like the um, the foley stuff for like the fighting was like super loud, and then the the soundtrack seemed more like diegetic than actually being the soundtrack, which was weird. And then yeah, the soundtrack just fucking sucks. Like they should have just because the whole thing is it's going for like a real like punk riot girl sort of aesthetic. Yeah. And then there's no like riot girl music in it. And uh, had I made the movie as a man, I would have um had um the Japanese punk band, all girl Japanese punk band, Otoboki Beaver do the entire soundtrack. <laughs> uh, that said, though, fucking man, costume design, set design, all the art assets, fucking slap. Margot Robbie is amazing as Harley Quinn. She looks punk as fuck. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask is funny, but um, very creepy. Well, he's a, he's a creepy character in the comics, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Huntress doesn't have enough screen time, but like when she does show up, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is just fucking... It's, that comedy for her actually works because they made the character like so fucking weird. Like, she just doesn't... She seems as if she doesn't understand the social situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I'm surprised. Fight choreography is really good. Cinematography is pretty good. Um, this is the thing, I guess, about DC movies now is since uh, they just never got off the ground with their shared universe shit, they're just whatever, throw whatever out. So that means, I think, once in a while, interesting comic book movies are going to get made by Warner Brothers just because they're like... Okay, try. I don't know. Try it out. What'll happen though is like someone's gonna really, it's one of them's gonna really pop off, and they're gonna try to launch a universe off of that. Well, that's the Harley Quinn movie exists because Margot Robbie was so good in Suicide Squad, right? right? It's kind of double edged sword, where <clears throat> the Harley Quinn movie didn't do very well. A lot of it, I think, has to do with because it didn't seem like Warner Brothers advertised it at all. And then on top of that... Now they advertise it, but it was just really funky marketing. Yeah, and it's associated with Suicide Squad, which yeah. even though it made like a billion dollars as time has passed, everyone... I feel like they should have just marketed it as a Harley Quinn movie. I mean, honestly, it didn't really feel like a Birds of... I didn't see it, obviously, but the trailer didn't really seem like a Birds of Prey movie. No, it's a Harley Quinn movie. The Birds of Prey are just in it, you know? Um, they're cool. Black Canary is cool. Hunters is cool. Uh, fucking Rosie Perez is Montoya. She's really good in it. I'm glad she's getting work still. Um, but yeah, star of the show is Margot Robbie. Harley Quinn's cool as fuck. Like the, the big complaint, remember, like nerds on the internet were like, "Oh, they made they made him so unsexy in this movie." And it's like 
that joke people made were like, yeah, all these straight men act like they like women, but then they only like 5% of the female population that all look the same. <laughs> and fucking Margot Robbie is, Harley my, Quinn is fucking dope. Like, my problem with like the Joker and Harley Quinn movie is not on it or the relationship, was just everybody's reaction to it, not anything in the movie, really. I just thought the Joker sucked. He just seemed so stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> it was like really, it just seemed really forced. Sweaty. Part of it is, um, it has like that plastic mass appeal kind of hot topic punk rock element to it, especially in Suicide Squad. A little bit's carried over into the Harley Quinn movie, but it's just like Margot Robbie is like so cool as Harley Quinn. And like, I mean, the costume design is so good. Like, she actually like seems like fucking, I don't know, punk. Well, punk. She's well punk, well punk. <laughs> so I'm into that shit. I don't know. I like girls with like face tattoos and like crazy shit. So I think she looks hot as fuck. I'm into it. Um, Harley Quinn, a number one wifey. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pass on that one. You missing I mean, out, buddy? Nothing wrong aesthetically. Just you know, her brain's fucked up. I don't mind. I like a violent girl. <laughs> In addition to that. I had an amazing double feature last night. So I watched Harley Quinn and I was going into really low expectations. And I was like, hey, this movie's actually pretty cool. How amazing. And then um, after that, I watched this movie called Knives and Skin, which is Skin and Knives. by Jessica Reedy. Her previous movie was um, a lesbian story about a Pakistani Muslim girl who falls in love with a Mexican wrestler. It's pretty good, pretty cute little movie. But this fucking movie. Movies come along every once in a while that somehow taps into, like, a specific part of my, like, subconscious or my psyche, and they really resonate with me, where it feels like the movie was made just for me. The other two examples are Assassination of Jesse James and Mandy, which, like, I feel like they appeal to me specifically in some weird way. Uh, It seems more reasonable with those two movies, because one's, like, a weird, psycho, sexual, surreal revenge fantasy, and the other one's, like... A Western that's about masculinity and purpose and homosocial relationships and that sort of thing. So Homosexual relationships? Homosocial. Now, homosexual. So it seems like more in my wheelhouse as a straight white man. But this movie, Knives and Skin, is a coming-of-age teen story in high school. Which is super underselling it because it's actually like (laughs) fucking... Twin Peaks with the touch of Roger Waters. And <laughs> it's fucking amazing. This movie is dope as fuck. I recommend everyone go watch it. It's like so surreal and like it's like a fever dream. I love it. And then sound or the score is done by Nick Zinner from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. So it's like spooky synthesizer stuff. And then there's choir singing uh, sections with that are all like 80s pop hits. And I don't know. It's just like. The most interesting movie. It turns like the mundane into mystical, where like suburban existence is this weird like purgatory. So everyone should go watch Knives and Skin and the Harley Quinn movie. I'm sure like a lot of people have seen that one, but Knives and Skin kind of flew under the radar in 2019. But it's fucking good. And I also watched um Long Day's Journey into Night, which is a really good Chinese film. But I think most people are familiar with that one. So, basically, those are my top three recommendations for movies to watch while you're quarantined. I do not recommend Waking Head Divine. Oh, what? Just kidding. <laughs> it's great. We're about to have a fight. In 63 countries around the world, 
Dozens of lottery machines spin hundreds of lottery balls. It takes seconds for the losers to realize they've lost. But for the winners, it is an event which will undoubtedly change their lives forever. Has the news reached anymore? Nobody knows but the winner. Nectarine. Is there a greater twist of fate winning and the next minute dies in the shock of it? Now, I want you to talk to someone about a claim that I've been making. If the Lotto Man comes to the village, you say that Ned Devine is alive and well. And you point your finger to Michael O'Sullivan. Ned wants us to share the winnings. Do you think you can outsmart the man from the city? Would you happen to know a Ned Devine? Fox Searchlight Pictures presents... I'll just have to come back to the village and make some inquiries. Like to make sure that you are Ned Devine. <laughs> a comedy that will make you feel like a winner. To Ned Devine. To Ned. Waking Ned Devine. This fall, odds are you'll get lucky. It does have that problem, though, where it's like, oh, ha, ha. Oh, rural Ireland. Oh, they're so goofy out there. You know, they're just bipping and bopping around. <laughs> <laughs> like, the complaint a lot of people have about the perception of Ireland, I guess. People that live in Ireland where it's like, you know, it's not really like that anymore. Obviously, it has to be in the countryside. Well, not like a movie, but yeah. <laughs> there is tons of people out there that are still just like living on farms and shit. <laughs> I was going to um play the Ronnie Drew song, The Dunes, which mm-hmm. is about the famine. But I was listening to the other day, and I was like, you know, it's just a little bit too relevant right now. (laughs) A little too on the nose. Yep, so while everyone lives in fear of that Rona, the boomer remover, as the kids are calling it, which is such a grim joke, but that's so good. (laughs) I just love how, like, um, despondent and detached the younger generations are getting, like, comedically. Where it's just like, everything's fucked, so we're going to go real dark. (laughs) But to avoid the fear of Dat Rona, let's talk about Waking Ned Divine. Came out in 1998. Did you know that? I did. This is we talked about last week because it's outside our wheelhouse. Yep, is a, a, a little a cheeky little cheat. It's not. This movie's not from the 80s. Um, I usually put the the poster up on the website, mm-hmm. uh, and I could have sworn there was actually an Irish language poster for Waking Ned Divine. But uh, I couldn't kind of doubt it. it. Yeah, there was a. I did the Irish um, poster though, which is just Waking Ned. Mm. Yeah, only in the United States is it Waking Ned Divine. It was originally going to be called Waking Ned Divine everywhere, but they chopped it down to Waking Ned, and then the United States just still hung on to the Waking Ned Divine. The simple concept of the film is when a lottery winner dies of shock, his fellow townsfolk attempt to claim the money, which um. When you watch it at first, you're like, hmm, this is like, when you think about it, at least, you, this the people in this town are like super conniving and <laughs> it's kind of shitty, but you're like, well, I'm charmed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't seem that like mean-spirited, you know what I mean? It's, I don't yeah, know. like, uh, well, I mean, Jackie's wife kind of points it out to him that, you know, like, he's kind of the conniving one, right? And he's kind of leading Mike, Mike, Michael around mm-hmm. by the nose and... Kind of leads the whole town around by the nose. Yeah, he's just um, he's a community leader of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's an important man about town. Yeah. He's a, this he's is the kind of power I want to have. Not a lot. Just like 60, 70 people. That, like if I say, you know what? Let's scam the, lo- the the federal lottery. I'd be like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea, Sean. We should do it. That's um. Uh, That's power. Yeah. I was thinking about, um. so with this uh, coronavirus, the, that Rona coming in. I'm going to call important? it Chinese, uh, Chinese fever. What's important now is... Uh, what skills you have that can make you a good leader in the dystopia. And I was like, I need to do- further develop my skills of manipulation and using violence. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm going to be a, in air quotes, community leader when the world ends. <laughs> you Absolutely. think about it, all, all great cult leaders are leading a community of people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Those great community leaders. You don't need to disparage it by calling it a cult. We could stretch the uh, culture of the United States into a cult, you know? <laughs> this podcast is my first foray into developing the skills for leadership in the dystopia. Uh, guess who directed this film? Me. An Englishman. Ugh. That's right. He's a man named Kirk Jones. Ugh. He originally developed the idea for Waking Ned as a roughly 10-minute short film. But it later expanded the work into a full-length script. In a 2013 interview, Jones reflected, Investors responded to the humor and engaging story and came on board, but the level of finance was, of course, very low. I was grateful to the cast and crew who agreed to work for reduced fees in order to get the film made. When the film was finished, we put it in the boot of a car and drove to Cannes, where we screened it and sold it to Fox Searchlight in the U.S., where it was released later that year. Comparatively to its budget, it was fucking a roaring success. <laughs> they made quite a bit of money off of a shoestring budget. There was a time period like uh, where there was a few hits that in the like the nineties, late nineties, where that that was happening. Yeah, little British movies uh-huh. like the Full Monty, Train Spotting, even technically. Uh, you can kind of tell, I think, that it's been expanded from a short, like all the Pig Finn and uh, Maggie stuff. I feel like probably was added in. Like, the original short probably would have just focused on the lottery stuff. Because the Pigfin and Maggie stuff isn't really essential to the story. No. I guess the reveal at the end that Ned Devine is the father of Morris, Maggie's son. <clears throat> is what brings it all in? Yeah, you know what's weird is, um, even in the credits in the movie itself, um, Morris, his name is spelled like Maurice, which is weird because... Like the French way? Yeah, M-A-U-R-I-C-E. <laughs> But, like, Morris is an Irish name, and it's just M-O-R-R-I-S a lot of times. <laughs> you know, like, the last name Morrison or Morrissey. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't know why they did that. I guess maybe is that common in Ireland now? I don't know. I could have, like, I don't know. You got me. <laughs> yeah, it seems I'm going to say it is. Lots of, lots of French names in Ireland now. Yeah, well, the thing to me is when you see it, it's that would make you say Maurice, right? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, not Morris. But, uh, whatever, I don't know. Shit. Uh, this director man. Kirk, <laughs> come on, you come over here, director man. Come over here, direct me in the movie, director man. Direct man. Directing me, director man. Kirk Jones had a um straight downhill career. You ready? <laughs> he tops it. Waking the Divine was a peak and just poof. Yeah, you ready to hear his filmography? Yeah. Waking the Divine. Good movie. Nanny McPhee. Pretty good kids movie. Everybody's fine. A movie no one's seen. <laughs> What to expect when you're expecting a terrible British love comedy and my big fat Greek wedding too. (laughs) So not even the first one, which was a major hit, but the follow up money grab. 
good on him for making Waking the Divine. Sorry about the rest of your career, man. Rest <laughs> in peace. Couldn't be me. What about the cast, huh? What about him? Who's our star? Me. No, it's Jackie O'Shea, <laughs> played by Ian Bannon, who is actually Scottish. That's right. He's a pretender. Fucking lies. Mm-hmm. At least he's not English, huh? Yeah. It uh, could be worse. He could be English. Scottish or, is pretty bad, bro. <laughs> could be worse. Uh, in the 1950s, he proposed marriage to Maggie Smith, Dame Maggie oh, Smith. Oh, yeah, you can't skip that part. Yeah, but he insisted she would have to convert to Roman Catholicism before the wedding. And then she declined both suggestions. <laughs> she said, She's like, I'll uh, convert, but I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, he's a long-running star of stage and screen. Pretty uh, illustrious, I guess, sort of theater actor. Yeah, but I don't really recognize him from anything other than Waking Dead Divine, but I don't really like that stuffy English shit, so I don't know why I would see him anywhere else. <laughs> and then his uh, co-star, his sidekick, is David Kelly, who is in every Irish movie and TV show ever made. <laughs> and also the new Charlie and the Chocolate Yeah, Factory. most people recognize him as Grandpa Joe in Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate, Fact- Chocolate Factory. You, uh, you let's uh, let's start with that controversy right now. Which is better, the Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory or Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Uh, Willy Wonka, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Tim Burton uh, hasn't made a good movie since Big Fish. That's also right. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do in the shadows or some shit? What? That's Taika Waititi's movie. No, wait. Was the his one with was didn't his have shadows in it too? The one that was based off an old TV show. Yeah, the vampire one. Yeah, with Johnny Depp. Who cares? Who cares, man? It wasn't good. I guarantee it. <laughs> I uh, know David Kelly from like weird Irish shit, you know, but also specifically from the one episode of Faulty Towers he's in. And he's got a quote about that where he says, uh, I've been 52, 53 years on stage, and yet Faulty Towers, those full nine minutes make me recognized anywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, Faulty Towers. It's a pretty good uh, TV show. Of course, it's John Cleese's TV show. John Cleese grew up to be a shitty old man who <laughs> hates Irish people. So, uh, uh, most of the English do. Yeah. <laughs> if they're in their heart of hearts, they know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very recently, he was like, "Hey, we only occupied and destroyed your civilization for like a solid two hundred years. Just get over it. <laughs> Way longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a thousand years, asshole." Shit. It's all, just get over it, alright? <laughs> Come on, get over it. Uh, and then we also have Finola Flanagan. Finola Flanagan. That's Finola Flanagan. That's almost like a tongue twister. Uh, she's still alive. David Kelly, Ian Brennan, they're not alive. But Finola Flanagan, she is still out there kicking it. She's got some pretty eyes. Yeah, she's a very beautiful older woman. And um, she's also clearly a little bit younger than them. Yeah. Like, I think it's like 15 years or so. But, you know, that's movies for you. <laughs> old fat guy and beautiful younger one. <laughs> Even when it comes to old age. <laughs> Uh, she's um, a daughter of a veteran Irish nationalist who also fought in the Spanish Civil War. So that's badass. I don't believe he would have fought for Franco. I'm guessing he fought for the anarchists or the socialists in the Spanish Civil War. 
that would I would get yeah, yeah probably I, I don't know why he would be an Irish nationalist <laughs> and then, fight and for then the fascists, go fight right? for the fascists there is actually I don't want to say for certain but you know you never know <laughs> people's motivations are weird sometimes that's true I guess but it was actually there's a lot of um, Irish rebels who went and fought yeah. the Spanish Civil War and they were uh, decidedly not on the side of fascism <laughs> Which is weird why so many Irish Americans are uh, shitty little fascists now. And it's almost Paul like, Ryan. It's almost like they don't understand the, the culture they came from. They just want like the sympathy points for like, oh, my family had to immigrate too. And we need to unify Ireland. Well, yeah, well, you know, a big part of unified Ireland was uh, socialism, right? That's what James Connolly cared about was socialism. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, she's also an accomplished violinist, and she used that talent in the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Inheritance, in which her character plays violin with Data, her android son. <gasps> That's right. She's the mother of Data. It, do you think she'll appear in the new Picard series? I don't know. I don't watch Star Trek The Next Generation or Picard. Seems like a lot of people have been in Star Trek shit. Well, it's because it's been around for so long. That's a good point, and they just keep making it. Who watches it, though? Who's watching Star Trek? Star Trek nerds. I'm not watching it. I'm watching Harley Quinn. I'm watching that shit again. Her man, fucking the costumes are so cool. Everyone looks cool. Fucking Hugh McGregor's got the wildest <laughs> suits on and shit. <laughs> Does he have a black skull face? Yeah, and they do a good job with it too, where they like show it a few times throughout the movie, you know, so you know he's black mask, and then he finally puts it on at the end, and like not in like a cheesy like oh time to do mass carnage be the best villain ever just like oh yeah i'm gonna kill those girls and he puts on a mask. <laughs> i don't know it's actually a pretty good movie i'm shocked um i hate to like a mainstream movie but you know it happens sometimes <laughs> <laughs> miss uh flanagan also appears in a murder she wrote a tv movie called the celtic riddle <gasps> which i've never seen but I have downloaded it and I'm going to watch it. Because <laughs> um, it's Jessica Fletcher, Dame Angela Lansbury, <laughs> travels to Ireland where she becomes involved in a clue driven hunt for secret treasure. Well, that just sounds interesting, right? Yeah, that's such a. I can't You know, it. it's going to be like all this stereotypical shit, too, where. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're going to talk about banshees and fairies <laughs> and stuff. You know, it's. Yeah, I know it's Leprechaun, all in there. Someone's going to bring on the Blarney Stone yeah, or some yeah. shit. It's all in there. I know it's all in there. <laughs> Uh, and then we got Susan Lynch, who plays Maggie. Oh, Maggie. Uh, she's, she's... No more pigs. Yeah, she's in uh, a lot of shit. Uh, specifically, she's in From Hell. Remember, she's in From Hell. She's one of the um, sex workers Yeah, that gets killed up. Uh, she doesn't play the Irish one, though. Which seems strange. <laughs> that's, uh... I like the thing they got to set that day, and she's like, Hey, do you want to trade accents? <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the... um? Remember, she was in Austin Powers, too. She plays Mary Kelly in From Hell. What was her name? Uh, Graham. Heather Graham. That's it. Yeah. that's From <laughs> Hell could have been such a good movie. For people listening who don't know, From Hell is uh, another one of Alan Moore's great works that was absolutely butchered by the film industry. So rather than going and watching it, just read From Hell. It's much more interesting. But it's the movie got, has like, Ian Holm in it. Yeah, it's also got a fucking Hagrid in it. <laughs> I like to think of him as uh, uh, the guy from that Beatles movie. Nuns on the Run. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eric Idle and him. What's the Beatles movie? Like uh, a Hard Day's Night? Yeah, the no, ones where they're like, 
Hey girl, <laughs> that not, not, do, do, do. all their like early movies where he's trying to do like Elvis shit. <laughs> well, they only did like three movies, so what do you mean early movies? Well, they when they first came like yeah, they blew like, up. They're like fucking Beatles movies now. Yeah, let's send them to Hawaii or something. Yeah, whatever. Susan Lynch is cool. Her uh, father's Irish and her mother's Italian. I guess she's you can tell that she's Italian because she's got darker features and. She's got a bit of a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that said, though, she's fucking gorgeous. Gorgeous. I remember her character feeling more sympathetic to her character when I watched this uh, as a kid. You know what I mean? But she seems like she kind of fucks around with Pig Finn a little bit. I mean, it's just... Uh, he just smells bad. <laughs> but he's, it's not his fault, man. He's got to earn money. <laughs> I don't know. I still like her a lot. I, I like, like her. I just she's like I mean. doing her own thing. I'm into it. She wasn't though, kind of. <laughs> you know? I don't know. She's, like it's a small, It was a weird di- dynamic. It's a small, as you would expect in like rural Ireland, I guess. Yeah, but. it's a small little village, and like everyone else there is like. like her dad was kind of like, yeah, I guess you can you can date the rich boy and marry him. He didn't like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Pat Mulligan. I remember your father, Pat. He's a piece of shit. He was always a piece of shit. <laughs> you seem like a piece of shit, too. He's like, you, you piece of shit. Speaking of Pig Finn, who's he played by? Oh, that's James Nesbitt. James Nesbitt. Nesbitt. Unfortunately, although he's from Antrim, James Nesbitt is a Protestant. <gasps> mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll try not to hold it against him. Even worse than being Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> you can be Scottish and Protestant. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> In fact, a lot of them are. Uh, James Nesbitt often plays characters with a robust lust for life and drink. He's a celebrated dramatic actor, but probably he will best be remembered for playing Bofer in the Hobbit movies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunately true, I think. I think that's probably... I honestly forgot he played Bofer, so maybe that's not You can't true. even tell it's him, honestly. <laughs> and he's also... Most of the dwarves have, like, so little screen time. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, whatever. That's Which is weird, because it's nine fucking hours. That's the problem in the books, too, though, is all the dwarves are mostly interchangeable. And like aside from yeah, um, that's, guess that's fair. Thorn and like feeling and Killy are like an afterthought at the end, and like they die protecting their uncle. Well, like all the doors kind of were afterthought at the end because like the book, the Hill Bilbo passes out right, and then the book is like kind of just told to you. Yeah, that shit wouldn't fly anymore. He can't get fucking. You gotta do that young adult shit. Come on, Tolkien, update. <laughs> Someone needs to update that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, Bilbo's love interest? Thorn. <laughs> Was, now it's Thora. <laughs> he was pretty handsome in those Hobbit movies. Yeah, that's right. You know, I did not picture him that high, handsome in the book when I was reading it as a kid. Well, you don't ever picture dwarves as being, like, sexy. But <laughs> they made like, quite a few of the dwarves in the Hobbit movies, like, pretty spicy. A little hot tamale. <laughs> <clears throat> I, don't, I like I, to pick you up and put you in my pocket. I think a lot of the art direction that Guillermo del Toro, it still made it into the movie, in my opinion. Because uh, there's some dynamic looks for the dwarves that... Like, that's not what Lord of the Rings looked like, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think also, too, like, when you have more than one dwarf character, because Gimli really was the only dwarf character you see in Lord of the Rings, you kind of have to make him different looking. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You see other dwarves in uh, flashbacks? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't really matter. They got seven rings. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, his two daughters, Mary and Peggy, are both uh, in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. They play the two daughters. Of Luke Evans' character, Bard. 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 Who is not a Bard. Tolkien, you idiot. 
<laughs> Just really don't even understand your own English language that you love so much. Uh, Tullamore, Tullimore is not a real place. Uh, <clears throat> it's filmed on the Island Man or something, wasn't it? Yep. There is a Tullamore in Offaly, though. Oh, well, there we go. But it's not the same. It's this, not an island. Is this it? is Tullimore. It's supposed to be like an island community, isn't it? No, nah, it's just supposed to be very rural. Oh. Uh, yeah, despite the f- being set in Ireland, the film was shot in the Isle of Man, specifically Craigneesh, a small village and tourist destination in the extreme southwest of the Isle of Man, about mile, one mile from Port Erin. What does Erin mean? That's the name of Ireland. That's the Irish word for Ireland. Uh, what goes on in Craigneesh besides Nothing. having a cool ass fucking name? They have the annual Manx festivals are held in Craigneesh. Ooh. And is home to a flock of the rare four horned Lotan sheep. Ooh. Uh, the four horned Lotan sheep. Uh, I, you know, my life isn't complete until I see one of those. They're badass. That's like some real satanic shit. I'm going to get one as soon as this podcast takes off. <laughs> Imported from Ireland? No, from the Isle of Man. Uh, technically, from Craigneesh. No, it's, it's, should, I mean, Isle of Man's same sort of thing as Ireland is like, get the fuck out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, if the, the Celtic Union ever took place, the Isle of Man would be included because Manx, the Manx people are also Celts. It's uh, Cornwall, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, um, Isle of Man, uh, Britannia in France, and then also now, I mean, fucking throw Liverpool into the deal. That's where all mm-hmm. the Irish people live anyway. <laughs> Uh, Craig Niche is also the filming location of Mindhorn. Have you ever seen Mindhorn? 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 Mindhorned? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, you remember the Mighty Boosh? I remember the Mighty Boosh. Remember um, Howard? Yes. Julian Barrett? Uh-huh. Mindhorn is his movie. It's a very, very funny movie where he plays a washed up old TV actor who used to play a, a, a detective and a crazy person thinks he actually is that character and summons him in to like solve a crime but he's just like the most useless piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good movie (laughs) not enough people have seen it so i'll add that to your list for quarantine for self-isolation everyone check out mindhorn send me up on twitter if you want movie recommendations pretty much all i do is watch movies and um fucking eat that pussy good uh, Waking Dead Divine also inspired a Bollywood film, a Bollywood blockbuster called Malayma Weekly. And that was directed by Priya Dashan, who is apparently super famous Bollywood director. I don't, I don't know really enough, know about Bollywood. Yeah, I don't know enough about Bollywood to know who he is. But apparently the um, Bollywood one, uh, Western critics said it wasn't very good. But it was a blockbuster made a lot of money. So That doesn't mean anything. We've talked about it many times. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean shit at all. Also, like, India just loves going to the movies, it seems like. So, a lot of Bollywood movies make tons of money no matter what. But they won't be going to the movies when they get that Rona. Is there any cases of the coronavirus in India? I don't remember. I don't know. You gotta think so at this point. Yeah, it's a worldwide pandemic, they say. They say lots of things, though. They say, don't go see Harley Quinn because it's associated with Suicide Squad. And I say... You stupid bitches were in love with Suicide Squad for like a couple weeks before everyone else told you it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dummies. Um, here's what Roger Ebert has to say about Ugh, waking the divine. So frequently Ugh. wrong about these things. Ugh. Most of the time we're smiling more than laughing. We recognize the human nature involved in waking that divine. 
And we like the way Kirk Jones, the writer and director, throws up obstacles just to have fun leaping over them. One reason we like village comedies from Ireland and the UK is, of course, that they're funny. Another is to meet the characters and the actors and enjoy the pleasure of their company. I have a feeling that an evening spent with David Kelly would be a merry one. <laughs> Ebert. Damn it. He was right this time. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> He's actually pretty positive about the movie this time. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right, Ebert. You get it right, right this time. Got it. Especially, yeah, David Kelly seems like he'd be a fun, like, old grandpa to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. I'd, I'd like to hang out. I want to live in Jackie's village. Tulemore. Tulemore. Especially now that the witch is dead. The witch. They, they fucking. It's. <laughs> that's such like a dark th- element of the film too but it's also just like whatever we're having fun <laughs> like she's gonna root for everyone she gets killed and it's like, oh whatever and then it turns out the returning uh, priest is one of the <laughs> it was an act of god Kyle yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's how it goes well that's the whole thing is um it, it does seem to be it was like uh, Ned Devine's uh wish for this to happen right, right for the town to share yeah, the money like so. he had the, uh, Jackie has a prophetic dream and it's like, oh, is he just dreaming about what he wants? But then it's also like, well, no, it does seem like there is an element of it being um, not religious, but a mystical but sort of thing. perhaps some sort of divine element. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Indeed. Well, I think that's probably why he's calling that divine. Is what? So you realize that there's like a mystical element to it. And plus it's Ireland. Ireland's known for being uh, mystical, right? That's yeah, there's little banshees and leprechauns and... They got the druids and stuff. People doing jigs. Mm-hmm. You fall into the fairy ring. Oh, no. They make you dance forever. Ugh, my oh, feet are Jesus. so tired. My feet, my feet hurt so bad. The, the big thing in this movie is I like David Kelly's rolling around town, right? And there's uh, Kitty, the, 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 the older woman who's interested in David Kelly. Oh, yeah. And she's like, she's like oh, I've been baking. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, if that was me living in rural Ireland as, like, an old bachelor. You're like, I want a pie. I'd I'm going like, to eat two pies. Yeah, I'd be fat as shit. I'd be <laughs> like, oh, you've been baking, huh? Let's get those pies, baby. <laughs> and then after that, I'll get your pie. I'll tend to your pie. <laughs> and then have some more pie. <laughs> it's pies on pies on pies. Especially if it's a pizza pie. At one point, someone makes a meat pie. Yeah, Fanola does. I forget what is it? Annie. Annie makes a meat pie, and she goes to see Mrs. Kennedy, because she thinks Mrs. Kennedy's the one who won the lottery. But it's not. It's just, she's like, fucking stupid Mrs. Kennedy's daughter's having a baby. Yes. Stupid bitch. <laughs> stupid Mrs. Kennedy. God damn it. Dumb babies. Dumb old babies. Yeah, so this is, um, like, as Ebert said, it's not like laugh out loud, uproariously funny. It's just like you you got a smile on your face when you watch it. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel safe and happy. And you're like, ah, what a simple life they're leading. Just getting up to shenanigans, trying to get seven million pounds. <laughs> Which is that's quite a bit of money, especially in 1998, right? Yeah. And they split it 52 ways. It ends up being about $130,000 for each member of the village, right. which is still a lot of money. <laughs> I assume the church gets uh, the, the old lady's portion now, the witch's portion, right? I can't remember her the character's name, but. Yeah, I would assume so. This <laughs> seems like the only fair bit. Um, how uh, what do you feel about Morris uh, talking to the preacher and he says, uh, "I don't know if I could work for someone I've never met that doesn't pay me." <laughs> <laughs> I felt pretty good about it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cut right to the heart of it. I was like, you know what? That's why I'll never have a regular job again because I can't work for someone I haven't met. 
don't care about your goddamn minimum wage, twelve fifty, you piece of shit. It's, it's twelve dollars in Arizona. It's supposed to get up to twelve fifty, right? Yeah, I think it's next year. Yeah, so the most of the movie is about them uh, scheming and scamming, flimming and flim flamming the skinning. lottery. But the subplot is um, Maggie and Pig Finn. Um, Maggie is a single mother. Uh, she's the star of the county down, even though I don't think it takes place in down. <laughs> <clears throat> um, my guess is, I don't know, fucking cork. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never say. But um, yeah, the, everyone else in the village is like fucking 70 years old. And then there's like three people around the same age and one young child. <laughs> yeah, fucking Morris. Shit, <laughs> yeah. he's. I like he's. You can tell he's like lonely. Cause yeah, because he's hanging out with a fucking preacher <laughs> and a seal. Yeah, but there's like nothing sad about it. There's like a wisdom to his loneliness. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I've got it all figured out. That's what happens when you live in mystical old Aaron. Yeah, and I'll. Turns out Morris is uh, Ned Divine's son. So technically, they deserve the lottery winnings. Pigfin thinks it's his son, so that means they've definitely like smanged it before, right? They smashed sm- it, and smashed it, and bang it. Um, and also, she's done it with uh, the shitty dude too, because she Pat Mulligan. Yeah, because doesn't, doesn't nah, we don't know if she ever has I guess sex with them. Finn just kind of implies it. They just go on a date, and uh, I mean, she's just something to do, I guess. You know, what? Do you, how do you go on a date in that town? I'm probably just drive to um further in towards civilization, go to the movies or some <laughs> shit. Well, I mean, like the the fucking Dublin man has to take a helicopter to get there, though, right? Yeah, but I think that's probably because it's faster than driving. <laughs> and you saw those curvy roads in Ireland; they've killed many a people. Specifically, Matthew Broderick was out there. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there on a spree <laughs> with our girl from Dirty Dancing. Uh huh. They're like, shit, we keep, the roads aren't safe. Matthew Broderick's back in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a simple fly. Uh, yeah, she doesn't want to be with Pig Finn just because he's smelly. They call him Pig Finn because he works with pigs. Presumably, that's like the family business, right? So yeah, it's it, a family pig farm. <laughs> so she got over it enough to have sex with him at least one time. Well, probably when he was younger and his dad was still running the farm. Uh, yeah, but you know he was still tending to the pigs. That's the whole reason you have kids, so they can help you on the farm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they uh, because they got that money, though. Happy ending. He doesn't have to work with pigs anymore, and they can get married. Yeah. Too yeah. bad the fruity soaps didn't work. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, we don't need to tell him about Ned Divine. He'll, he'll just, he can live <laughs> thinking Morris is his son. I think at the end, Jackie's still like, well, I guess take it all, then. Fuck us. Yeah, because he's not mean. You know, I don't think he's cold-hearted. He's just... Conniving. Yeah. He, I mean, he's just, like, having fun. It's, like, something to do, too. You know yeah, you mean? know what I mean? Like, he yeah. doesn't know if it's actually going to go anywhere. He's just, mm-hmm. just killing time, really. This- until uh, until he actually finds Ned dead, and and then he has a dream, and he's like, you know what? You're going to pretend to be him. Let's do it. Yeah. He's like, I'll pretend to be him, because I'm a flim-flam man. But then, unfortunately, Michael has to do it, because... Uh, no, I don't know really why, because you'd think Jackie would have been... Like, oh, yeah, I'm Ned. on his feet enough to be like, oh, yeah, I'm Ned Divine, because it's like a stranger coming in from Dublin. Or, yeah. He's got a different accent. He's got that fucking bland Dublin accent. Yeah, it's more in your nose than the tip of your tongue. No, the Dublin accent just sounds like they're trying really hard not to have an Irish accent. Bums me out. <laughs> and um, I know a third of Ireland fucking lives in Dublin County, so... You all got that bad accent. 
So says this American. <laughs> yeah, he should. You th- think he'd be clever enough to? Sp- oh, yeah, I'm not divine. It's all part of the plan. But if he didn't, if he did that, we wouldn't have um, a scene of David Kelly riding naked on a motorcycle. <laughs> we also wouldn't have Jackie pretending to be like an enfeebled old man, which I enjoy. Oh, I've never wa- gone so fast just walking yeah. through the mists and the moors. <laughs> yeah, having trouble with directions. Yes, yes, you're going too fast. You <laughs> definitely sound like her grandma. <laughs> Watching this movie as a kid and like on DVD and stuff, quality wasn't good enough to really see what was going on with David Kelly. But man, I was watching the 1080p Blu-ray, Blu-ray version. And you get to see some folds. <laughs> you can see some dick. <laughs> it's like far away dick, but it's there. <laughs> I, I love them just how like cavalier they are being out in rural Ireland. Like, well, let's go for a dip in the ocean and fucking get buck naked. <laughs> also, Jackie just hangs on his underwear for like an hour while he's talking to the, the, the lottery man in the back of his house and uh, back in Ned's house. Nah, he gets dressed at the beach. No, but they switch clothes, remember? Cause he oh, does- yeah, but he's sitting in that little shed. <laughs> <laughs> he's just waiting. No one's around. <laughs> and then his wife shows up, and he's like, ah, we're having a gay old time. <laughs> yeah, everything does work out, though. They are able to con the stupid Dubliner from the big city who doesn't know shit about town. Um, there's a very touching scene where the uh, lotto man walks in while they're at the funeral for Ned Devine, and Jackie has to quick on his feet decide that, oh, it's actually my friend Michael Sullivan, and I'm going to eulogize my best friend. And it's really sweet. And you're like, ah, oh, they're best friends since childhood. They really love each other. What a good, like, I actually got a little teary out of that relationship. One, yeah. yeah. But then you think about it too, and you're like, ah, oh, but then uh, no one got to say anything about Ned Devine. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fisherman. <laughs> Love to fish. Also, in the crowd shots in the funeral scene, did you notice there's a f- fucking Ewan McGregor's there? No, was he? There's some dude who looks exactly, almost exactly <laughs> like Ewan McGregor. It's not him, but it's like, <laughs> the fuck, Ewan McGregor's there? <laughs> He's Scottish, too. He Aren't you fun. supposed to be a Padawan somewhere right now? Come on, man. Yeah, you're filming Star Wars. What's going on? But yeah, everything does work out. They get the monies. You find out Ned Devine is the father of Morris, but it doesn't matter because community is more important. And she finally gets to be the pig fin. And the moral of the story is um, community is good. It's good to be nice to your friends. It's good to get along with people. It's good to help each other. Um, Jackie seems like he's a conniving man at first, but then he has a prophetic dream from Ned Devine. He's like, you know what? And wants me to share with the community. I'm totally fine with that. He probably would have done it anyways. Like he was saying before, like if he had money, he would. Oh yeah. When he's like, I don't even know what I'd do with it. But that's kind of like him trying to. But it's him trying to soften whoever he thinks won it. But I do think he's, he's not, he's not an evil person. So I think he probably would have just gotten to help the community anyways. And it's uh, fucking lovely. It makes you dream of um, a different life you could lead instead of living in fucking suburban, urban hell, United States hellscape. Hopefully uh, you guys have toilet paper because there's none at the store right now. No toilet paper. We got no health insurance, bad cellular service, no community, no disease they can cure. Yeah, that's just a bright eyes lyric. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe there's some good places left in the United States that I'm not aware of, but... Hackensack. <laughs> sure seems like it'd be a lot better to live somewhere else right now. 
even Italy seems better. At least they're all out on the balconies playing music and having a good time and shit. You know, everyone's just fucking drunk every night partying together. You know, on their balconies. <laughs> that shit would never happen in the United States. You get fucking shot. If like came down to it, you know what I mean. You try to like talk to. Your well, did neighbors. you see the lines outside like gun Fuck, stores too? Man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> United States is fucking terrible. I was like, there's never going to be a worldwide dystopia, but I could easily see the United States collapsing into, like, fucking hell in 20 years. No, five years. (laughs) (laughs) We're five months. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how this fucking corona plays out. I don't think it's going to go too well for us. Fuck. At least Arizona's hot. We'll just bake it away. Sure. I think that works. That's what the president keeps saying, right? The, uh, don't worry, it's going to go away when the heat eventually maybe, please. He's like confusing the forest for the trees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not why uh, there's not as many viruses in the summertime. It's not because of the heat. It's because human behavior changes. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe enough people will play along with the social distancing thing that. Sure, it doesn't fucking seem like it at this point. Well, no, we haven't got to that point yet. But well, that's hey. the thing is, it's, we're gonna someone's gonna have to be like, "Hey, fucking, you can't go outside anymore." Which is, no one ever wants to hear your government be, you know, put down that kind of thing. But if it's for community and public safety, it's a little bit different than being like, "Hey, you can't go outside anymore because you guys suck." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's clearly a large contingent of citizens who aren't gonna stop fucking going out for no reason. Uh, out of their own, you know, respect for the community or anything. So, I guess someone's going to have to be like, hey, fucking idiots, go home. Also, what does coronavirus do to your butthole that you need that much TV? I don't know. <laughs> it's a fucking upper respiratory system. <laughs> I don't get it. Why are people getting so much toilet paper? I How much toilet paper do these people use? I like to think there must be those, those dudes who do the mitt. I got to make a mitt before There's I wipe my butt. There are people shitting all of the fucking... There must be shit everywhere. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, just thing, clogged toilets, as like, far as I can see. There's it. also, like, so much, like, free paper around, like, most households, you would think, anyways, where like toilet paper rip- would be on the bottom of the list, you know? You'd think you'd be like, fucking, I need to make sure I have, like, drinkable and water and, yeah, food, sustainable food. But now you see people buying tons of fucking toilet paper, and I saw someone on the internet who had a cart full of milk. Like, fucking... <laughs> Milk doesn't stay good <laughs> yeah. that long. You're gonna drink it in three days or what? <laughs> and that's people, like, snatching up, like, baby food and shit, too. And it's like, fucking... People might need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. actually, that reminds me of one of our friends. It's like, no courtesy for... Uh, my wife went to the store this morning to go for legitimate grocery shopping and had trouble finding some things we needed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she ran into one of our friends there who has a, a, a young kid. And uh, she has been to three stores and cannot find baby wipes. Yeah. Apparently, you can make um, baby wipe equivalents at home. <clears throat> There's, like, a recipe that's being passed around the internet. But it still is just, like, fucking... Oh, what is it? The fucking 1800s? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People are snatching up the weirdest shit and hoarding it, too, and then trying to resell it. As soon as there's a case of someone like, oh, he bought out Costco and he's trying to resell it, and it's, like, local, I'm gonna go fucking rob that person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of horrors of the modern world, now that we've talked about how wonderful and mystical and beautiful and wholesome rural Ireland is <laughs> in 1998. Now well, let's see the reality. Let's talk about what else was going on in 1998 in Ireland. So on April 10th, Good Friday, 
the British and Irish governments and all the political parties in Northern Ireland, except for the Democratic Unionists, signed the Belfast Agreement, a.k.a. the Good Friday Agreement. And it is like, finally, the troubles are over, eh? 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 You think Eh. so? August 15th, the Oma bombing. 29 people die in a car bomb explosion near the center of Oma, County Tyrone. And then Bill Clinton comes by. He comes over. You remember when Bill Clinton went to Ireland? This is like the second or third time he went to Ireland in his. Yeah, I remember he was like, this is one of his things. Yeah, on September 4th. Uh, Billiam Clinton. Um, <laughs> he has. Billiam. He has. Uh, he's of Irish descent, I'm sure, right? We are, well, it turns out like most of our presidents are. I like that fi- that meme that's like about the fake, like, uh, Hibernian agenda. <laughs> like lampooning the Zionists. You know, agenda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at all the presidents that have been uh, of Irish descent. <laughs> um, only one of them openly Irish and Catholic. His name was uh, Kennedy, <laughs> <laughs> and they shot him. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, with this rate, O Biden might be uh, the second Biden. one. <laughs> o Biden. Oh yeah, he's is he Catholic? Yeah, he's Catholic. Oh yeah, he'd only be the second Catholic president. Could also have the first Jewish president, but. Eh. Check this out, this timeline, though. April 10th, Good Friday Agreement. August 15th, the Oma bombing. 20th of November, Waking Dead comes out. <laughs> Whoa! I should say, though, despite the Oma bombing happening shortly after the Good Friday Agreement, in general, the Good Friday Agreement did kind of put a stop to a lot of the violence that was going on in Northern Ireland at the time. Despite the best efforts... Of the Democratic Unionist Party. The DUP. The DUP. I see, I see. They are a unionist political party in Northern Ireland favoring British identity. It was founded in 1971 during the Troubles by Ian Paisley. Ian Richard Kyle Paisley. Why does this man have my name? (laughs) He's also the Baron of Bonside. (laughs) I want to be the Baron of Bonsai. (laughs) Bonsai or Banside. Mm-mm. And uh, he was a loyalist politician and Protestant religious leader from Northern Ireland. Um, he was notably racist. Uh, you don't say. Uh, super, super anti-LGBT, um, anti-abortion, very regressive politics, openly racist against uh, not just Irish people. I guess that's technically not racist, but um, he had disdain for the cultural and ethnic group of the Celts. Um uh, people from all of like anybody that wasn't English or German. Yeah, anyone who's Catholic. Um, yeah, basically, if you're not English or German, he doesn't like you. Uh, only some Scottish people who are of uh, English descent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his party, the DUP, are racist, homophobic, anti-abortion bigots with a history of violence. Paisley long toyed with uh, loyalist death squads to protect the union with Britain. In 1981, Paisley launched Third Force, which that sounds like a dorky TV show. (laughs) Or like a really shitty tag team in the WWF in the 80s. Yep. He led a group of 500 men up a hillside in County Antrim at night where they were photographed holding firearm certificates above their heads. They were showing that they could easily have been holding weapons. Oof. It's just like Teddy Roosevelt and Rough Riders. Yeah. Uh, The party, the DUP, has also described climate change as a a con or a hoax, if you will. (laughs) Fake news. Yep, they're against, fake news? against gay marriage, LGPD uh, rights in general. It's the only political party in parliament that is determinedly anti-choice and pro-force pregnancy. We're going to put baby in you. You're going to have it. 
So they uh, unfortunately still have the most seats in the Northern Ireland Assembly. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So it's time for United Ireland. <laughs> it's time for the DUP to be obliterated. Um, obviously, so the general election in the Republic of Ireland went pretty well uh, well yeah. in favor of Sinn Féin. So we just got to bring that energy up to Northern Ireland. Shouldn't be a problem, right? Nah, it's never been a problem before. <sighs> Did you know Bobby Sands wrote an Irish uh, folk song? Do you know John Lennon wrote an Irish protest song? Yeah, that's the one where he uses the N-word, huh? Oh, no, no that's, that's a different one. That one's about women. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that one's the woman is the N-word of the world. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty intense for an uh, Englishman to say. John <laughs> Lennon's of Irish descent, too, right? Yeah, I did believe so. Because his name would have been McLennan. All Paul McCartney, too. I, that's why most people in Liverpool are Irish. That's why <laughs> Celtic Union will take it away from England. I think that one's like a big ask. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. Can we get Manchester and Liverpool? <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, but um, Bobby Sands, he's the guy, the famous guy that went on strike as a hunger strike as a political prisoner. I remember that, right? But he wrote a song called uh, Back Home in Derry. In Derry. Derry? I was like, oh, cool, he wrote a song. That's where it takes place. It's pretty good. No, Derry, Derry. Ireland. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be pretty crazy if it <laughs> was Derry. <laughs> they should have done that for the... Stuttering Bill and... <laughs> they should have done that for the new one if it hadn't been Derry Ireland and it also could take place during the trouble. <laughs> they call it And that makes it works really well. You make you're you're selling me on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, hit Stephen King up. Let's see if we can get this done. Nah, Derry Girls already exists, which is a um pretty funny RTE. Is it RTE that makes it or BBC? I don't, don't know enough don't know. about it. But uh, presumably it's RTE, but not because it's Northern Ireland, maybe it's BBC. I don't know, but it's a really good comedy show about just um, a group of girls and one boy growing up in uh, Derry during the Trolls and their daily life. Um, and like they kind of, uh, I don't, they don't make light of the Trolls exactly, but it was they kind of point out the how every day it was, you know, to like be stopped by. Um, British police and army police and stuff, and stop and frisk. Yeah, just regular shit, and then you know for comedic effect. But then apparently that like, you humans can get used to anything, basically, right? Well, to a certain extent, there's yeah. a breaking point, but yeah. But yeah, there's a sense of normalcy to it, like everyday sort of life, and then you still gotta go to school and grow up and stuff. So you got all that stuff going on at the same time. It's pretty interesting. Obviously, you don't get completely used to being fucking a colony of another power that mistreats you. That's why there's... Let's ask Puerto Rico. (laughs) Yeah. That's why the IRA still exists and the PLO and all these other sort of things. That's why there needs to be a unified militant left-wing party. (laughs) Incorporate the IRA, the PLO... um, it sounds dangerous. The, any indigenous like freedom movements, just to get them all together and have a big conference. Um, all read the anarchist cookbook. <laughs> Hopefully, and, I already know it. <laughs> and get to work. Freely available on the internet. That's one of those things where um, something that's decidedly leftist gets like co-opted by 
extreme right terrorists and stuff that because like the anarchist cookbook led to a lot of people a lot of like the um like timothy McVeigh white supremacists in the united states using it for actual violence that's the problem with the left though is uh like fucking direct action direct action but then they're all like i don't actually want to kill anyone (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to hurt anybody (laughs) well you're not gonna get anything done I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to advocate worldwide violence, but direct action. Obviously, we there need, does need to be destruction of like government and private property and stuff. Got to make it hurt the pocketbook. Hurt the pocketbook. You know what's gonna hurt the pocketbook? Hmm. This coronavirus. Yeah, but they'll just after if it doesn't end up being the end of the world or anything, things will go back to normal. You know, and then until the next um, pandemic comes along that we're unprepared for and. Eventually, there's going to be one that's too powerful, right? Yeah, and that's when you get The Stand. Stephen King's The Stand. No, that's when you... Centendary. <laughs> Train, <Dairy to, Ireland. laughs> Train to Busan. Nah, that wasn't a... Yeah. All zombie <laughs> movies are pandemic movies. Also, Train to Busan is probably the um, most effective uh, recent zombie movie, like to say the last decade or so, so... While you're quarantined, watch Train to Busan. That about does it for setting up the scene of Ireland in 1998. Um, Probably play play you out with a little bit of that Bobby Sands song. Maybe put on like uh, Oro Shedda Bathawalia. Lately, when I listen to Irish music, I'm um, so deep into it now that I listen to Shan Nos music, which is like the traditional Irish singing. It's all in Irish. And I mostly don't know what they're talking about. But I get the idea. I can presume what they're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm trying to learn the language. So, occasionally, I like do Duolingo every day. But, like, that doesn't really... Duolingo. You don't get to speak it so much. And then, uh, you know, I'll just, like, listen to Shannos music. And any just regular Irish folk music that's in Irish. Because there's a few popular songs that are still commonly performed in Irish. And then Joe Heaney's got a lot of songs there in Irish. Basically, I don't know. Just go listen to Irish music. It's pretty cool. And there'll be some at the end for you. And probably at the beginning of this episode. But right now, let's talk about that powerful Irishman, Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> <laughs> you still have that review? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Time for Lone Wolf McQuaid. I have a review for... um. So, this uh, is a five-star review from Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Patrick Star. Patrick, Patrick Five Star. Oh, well, I just, Patrick, Pat, Patrick's the Irish name, so it's perfect for St. Patrick's Day. Surprising on the Lone Wolf McQuay reviews, it seems like a lot of the people, at least in my opinion, kind of got, at least for how I felt about the movie, like, mm-hmm. this movie's kind of dumb, but there's some good action in it. So, mm-hmm. the, the, this is the, uh, the one review I felt was kind of like, this is still a good movie. Yeah. Right? All the ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, again, from Patrick. I would say that this is the greatest Chuck Norris movie. No, wait. The greatest movie of all time, except for one thing. And that is that all Chuck Norris movies are created equal and better than movies like The Godfather, Schindler's List, Backdoor Sluts 9, and Braveheart combined. Chuck Norris is a much better actor than Tom Hanks, Marlon Brando, because he knows karate. Oh, so this guy is, like, trying to, like, write a Cracked article yeah. or something. Hell, Chuck Norris invented karate as well as judo, kung fu, and hamster-style jap slapping. Yikes. Do yourself a favor and buy this movie so you can call yourself a man. 
And if you're a woman, buy this movie and pray Chuck Norris comes to your house and gets you pregnant. This message was approved by Chuck Norris. I doubt it. I don't think Chuck Norris does uh, like that. This review was written like those fucking Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah, this guy's like fucking thinks he's cool on the internet, but he gets beat up after fucking school. You don't even know if he goes to school. Okay. Uh, you're just, you're just yeah. assuming, right? Sure. You're assuming, man. All right, he gets beat up after <laughs> his shift at Applebee's. It's because he treats the wait staff so poorly. <laughs> what does he do? Is he the assistant manager at Applebee's? What's his job? He's the bartender. <laughs> and he treats the wait staff poorly because he's clearly a misogynist. And then he gets beat up after his shift is over by someone like me. Also, maybe a racist, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't think that's like an educated person's uh, review. That's someone, uh, the majority of the internet, majority of dudes on the internet who think they, oh man, I'm going to be the most cleverest guy you ever heard. Ain't nobody ever seen any writing like this unless it was circa 2004, every website. (laughs) Fuck that shit, dog. Fuck your dog shit. That's the worst review we've read on here. That one pisses me off so much. Yeah, you see, I really brought you down here. I know exactly who that dude is, you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly who that person is. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Don't actually go out and do anything. The American version of the holiday is all fucking shitty anyways. It's fucking weird consumer culture bullshit. Um, so, yeah, don't go out and drink fucking cans. First, don't drink green beer. What the fuck is that about anyways? Don't uh, drink did you notice in this movie they and... drank uh, Jameson out of wine glasses? It wasn't Jameson. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, in the scene where the chicken dinner scene or a... Uh, yeah, the chicken dinner party. They're pouring Jameson in wine glasses at one point. Was it Jameson? Uh-huh. I, they had whiskey and they also had, like, sherry. But I didn't know it was Jameson. It didn't look like Jameson, but I guess the bottle would have changed in the last 10, 15 years. I don't know. Yeah, fucking St. Patrick's Day is canceled. I actually really believe we should turn St. Patrick's Day into more of a celebration of immigration in general, but that will probably never happen in the United States. So Not until you're president. Eventually, I'll be president. Because I look good. I fuck good. Uh, speaking of... Probably, that one's probably not on YouTube. Is So that'll do it for this <laughs> week. Um, You learned a little bit about Irish history. You learned about a good Irish movie that you should all watch on St. Patrick's Day. Or just listen to this podcast on St. Patrick's Day. It might be too late for you at that point. You might got the Rona. And then you'll have to be shipped off in a coffin ship to Australia? Yeah. Australia. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah. That's a big theme in a lot of Irish songs, too, is, um, you know, I, God damn it, I stole bread from the <clears throat> local landowner, and now I'm getting sent to Australia. This is bullshit. <laughs> um, what are we watching next week? I don't know. What are we watching next week? Uh, next week's going to be um, a big ordeal for a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to preface it now by saying this is going to be uh, a really weird one. I'm worried. Yeah, you definitely, you probably won't want to watch this one with Courtney or your kids. Uh, it's going to have some pretty strange body horror in it. Uh, it's low budget and very uh, art house, so it's got kind of claustrophobic camera work. Uh, basically, I'm giving everyone a forewarning that like you may not like this movie. I recommend everyone like trying to watch it because it's not super offensive or misogynistic or terrible or anything, but... If you know, if you can't get through it, you can't get through it. We're watching Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> Dirty Dancing. <laughs> now we're watching Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, that'll be pretty good. It's it's really weird. It's black and white. It's very art house. Everyone complains about oh, this is a fucking pretentious plot. No, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, the effects are great, but it is kind of weird and relentless. So like, if you think Eraserhead is a weird movie, then you're probably not gonna like Tetsuo. But then you're also a pussy. So that's on you. So you're saying Razorhead isn't a weird movie? It is, but it's kind of mainstream weird at this point, you know? You gotta keep pushing the envelope. <laughs> Not too far where that it becomes a bad movie like Serbian film, though, but, you know. Or everything Crispin Glover's ever done. Keep it fucking weird. I still love Crispin Glover. <laughs> I don't know why. Art for art's sake, buddy. That's what it's all about. Just do it just because you can. Speaking of which, a few more recommendations for your quarantine. <laughs> There's a documentary about Lil Peep on Netflix. It's pretty good. Lil Peep was dope. Uh, rest in Peep. And then um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, their most recent album that I didn't realize came out. I just started listening to it recently. It is a thrash metal concept album about the world coming to an end due to climate change and uh, uh, super um, pandemics and stuff, which are going to be a problem with climate change. And the rich fleeing to Mars... And then the poor having to go to Mars and kill all the rich and take over. It's called Infest the Rat's Nest. Um, it's fucking amazing. And it clocks in only like 40 minutes. I think I read that Ray Bradbury book. Maybe. <laughs> but it's fucking dope. Um, it'll get you real hyped up for the fucking coming apocalypse when we have to kill all the rich. <laughs> it is getting pretty tedious at this point where it's like fucking, uh, no, we're not really going to do anything about this, huh? Just gonna see how it goes. Well, it's just like every other country. It'll get get to the point where they have to do something. I don't know. Nah, I think they already decided it's, it's got climate apartheid and eco fascism, baby. Goodbye, the pores. We'll see, though. I guess I don't know. Maybe Jesus will come back. How do you think that would go? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We need a new Saint Patrick who will drive the snakes from Ireland, except for the United States. There's still snakes in Ireland. <laughs> And by snakes, I mean um, politicians and rich people and stuff. We need a new society, and the only way to do that is by going to VHSCult.com. Oh, I thought you were going to say by going to Mars. Oh, no, fuck Mars, man. Fuck Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos can go live up there and kiss each other and shit. But yeah, the way to solve this problem is to go to VHSCult.com. And as soon as I have money, I'll stop complaining because I got mine. Yeah, American <laughs> And then you will be the ones on Mars you gotta kill. Nah, mostly just, um, give us, the, you know, helps out a little bit so we can actually keep doing this. Another big thing, too, is, you know, uh, it's quarantine season, as I've been mentioning, which means there's gonna be a lot of free time that people have now, and they're gonna need some new content to experience. It's a perfect time to tell your friends about this podcast. It's a perfect time to rate and review. It's a perfect time to leave comments you probably need some constructive criticism on this podcast i don't even know what, what we're doing anymore. <laughs> but basically you know fucking help us out get the word out um i'd love to be able to keep doing it but it's getting to the point where like i don't know like i'm gonna have to get like a real ass job soon and maybe like submit to society but uh, we'll worry about that in the future just go to vhscult.com not trying to guilt trip anyone. <laughs> just I am expressing my feelings. Give us money or family die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, family bad. Come from poor family. And then, uh, you know, I think our family's probably never been poorer than we are now. So, 
that's the American dream, right? You fucking climb that ladder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Man. VHS call. <laughs> 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 I have the same pepper. Oh, 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 oh,